It's a huge recruiting weekend for BYU football this coming weekend as four top-level prospects will be in Provo for their official visits. Why all of them are deciding to come this weekend and why this weekend in particular, we'll get into that. We'll also talk about BYU basketball. Gideon George officially announcing he's returning to the BYU basketball program after exploring his options in the NBA draft. And of course, we'll recap the weekend that was in BYU sports. Up and down, both very good things for the track and field programs and not so good with regards to the men's golf program. Got all that and more on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you thank you again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you once again for checking out the show. Whether it's on YouTube, if you're watching us on video, make sure to go down this right corner that I'm pointing to with my finger here. Hit that follow for more podcasts. It'll subscribe you to the channel. Make sure you like this show. Comment on it in the comments below. Also, make sure to leave us a rating and review if you're listening to us in the regular podcast sense, especially on Apple Podcasts. But a cool new thing, if you're listening to this on Spotify, they've added a comment section themselves. So if you'd like to go in there, leave a comment or two which you like about the show, would love nothing more than for you guys to be a bigger part of this. And obviously, as I said on yesterday's edition of the show, a holiday edition, some of you probably missed it. Some of you did not. David Talbot was our winner of the BYU hat slash pullover giveaway. David, if you did not see yesterday's video, uh, please email me lockedonbyu at gmail.com if I don't get to you first and let me know if you want the hat or the pullover. I was talking with my wife and she, of course, is a great sounding board for what I do on this podcast. She actually says, Jake, subscribe, uh, let your subscribers have a second winner. So essentially, David, you will get your choice whether you want the hat or the pullover, but she's like, you need to have a second winner. Have somebody else win whatever uh, the, uh, the other winner doesn't pick. So... Our second winner today is our good friend Parker Wagner. Parker uh, sent this in. says, Jake, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I've been listening for years. I am now a YouTube subscriber and a social media follower as well. Growing up in Salt Lake City, I've always had to defend my BYU fandom, especially during that brutal nine-game losing streak to the Utes, but I've stayed strong as ever and can't have enough BYU gear. I'm pumped for the Big 12 and your coverage about it. Signed, Parker. So, Parker, uh, once I hear back from David, you'll be able to uh, pick up whatever he doesn't want. If you wants the pullover, you'll get the hat. If he wants the hat, you'll get the pullover. You get the gist of what we're going with here. So thank you all all of you, by the way. I think it was 37 to 38 submissions. Uh, it was 37 officially uh, that were submitted uh, via our giveaway contest. And a huge thank you for all your support. We'll do this again once we get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So if you want to be part of that and you've not subscribed on YouTube yet, please do so. We have thousands of subscribers on our regular uh, channels, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Litany of different podcast apps out there. Thank you 
all of you guys. You guys mean the world to me. It's so fun to do what I do and be able to talk BYU sports with you guys. So thank you for making us your first listen, and thank you for participating in our giveaways. All right, let's actually get to some news on today's show, and let's talk about BYU football recruiting. A huge weekend ahead, as you will have four of the top prospects in BYU's 2023 recruiting class coming to campus for official visits this weekend. Jackson Bowers, a four-star tight end, along with a fellow four-star tight end, Virgin on potential five-star territory, I feel like, with Walker Lyons out of Folsom High School. He is a four-star prospect in his own right. Hunter Clegg in BYU's proverbial backyard at American Fork High School, making the short trip from AF to Provo. He is a four-star prospect in his own right. And then Ethan Thomason coming over from Colorado. Currently, according to 24-7 Sports, he is a high three-star prospect, but if you ask me, Ethan Thomason should be a four-star prospect. If you were going by the Jake Jake Hatch rankings, he's a four-star prospect. This is a huge weekend for BYU getting all four of these guys on campus. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, why in the world, what what about June 3rd, Jake? Why why June 3rd through the 5th? Why did these guys pick this? Well, as far as I am aware, this is the first official weekend that these guys in the 2023 recruiting class can go on their official visits. All four of these guys have indicated, at least to my knowledge, that they want to make their decision of where they're going to be playing football relatively quickly, and I think they're trying to get these official visits done and out of the way ahead of their senior seasons of football. They will all be playing uh, their senior seasons this coming fall at their respective high schools. Uh, And the good news is BYU has an opportunity to have these guys in for their first official visit. They get to set the bar if it, as you were, as it were, with regards to these official visits. Will that mean that BYU's at a disadvantage as they go on other official visits? Potentially, because they're going to go out there and obviously they'll have experienced BYU. They'll be comparing it to these other universities. But in some ways, it's also an advantage for BYU because like I said, you got to get to have them here first. You get to show them what it's all about in terms of putting your best foot forward for the BYU football program. And then you just have to hope to heck that you land one, two, three, or even four of all four of these guys. I think that if you were to uh, bat 500 in this, get two of the four, you're probably doing something very, very good. The good news is all four of these young men, very talented players, very bright young men with very uh, good heads on their shoulder and on their shoulders, excuse me, and I think that they would be very, very welcome parts of BYU's recruiting class. Now, if BYU were to go over with all four of these guys, would it absolutely crush BYU's recruiting dreams? I don't know if it would crush them, but it would put a dent. It would absolutely leave a dent for the BYU football program in terms of their hopes uh, for BYU to have one of those recruiting classes you hope to have as you go into Big 12 play. All four of these players, to me, scream starters early on in their career if they are all they are cracked up to be. I could see Jackson Bowers and Walker Lyons going on to form a tight end tandem that could be... Atula Mealy, Chad Lewis-esque. Uh, we're talking Andrew George, uh, Johnny Harleen, Andrew George, Dennis Pitta. Those type of tight end tandems that BYU has had. Right now, I think that if you were to uh, say, okay, if, could they be the next group of what you have with Isaac Rex and Dallin Holker? I think so, if not better than that. Those two tight ends, both uh, Jackson Bowers and Walker Lyons, are really that good. The fact is that Walker Lyons has had Nick Saban on him. Nick Saban has visited Folsom High School in Folsom, California, trying to convince Walker Lions to go play for the Crimson Tide. This is top level 
type stuff with regards to the guys that BYU is going up against, the teams that BYU is going up against as it try and land these guys. Hunter Clegg is a local guy from American Fork High School, but has all world talent as a defensive end. He would be an absolute terror for BYU. Uh, the type of defensive end that BYU has not had uh, very often, especially in the last decade or so, along their defensive line. Uh, I think he is a souped up version of uh, who am I trying to compare him to? I don't know. You look at what BYU's had at defensive end over the years. Think of the Kiesel brothers. Think like Brett Kiesel, uh, that that type of player. Ryan Denny. Think of those star defensive ends for BYU that they had come on off the edge in the late 1990s, early 2000s, all through the mid 2000s. It felt like with the different Denny brothers. All of them absolutely able to get after the quarterback. Well, that's what Hunter Clegg is. And then finally, Ethan Thomason. BYU's got a very strong offensive line contingent right now. You are going to have multiple draft picks off that offensive line next year. I, I can, I'd can i say put money on that. that you're going to have multiple guys with NFL opportunities along BYU's offensive line going into this season. Well, Ethan Thomason could be the next part of that. Six foot eight, 300 pounds, has just the frame that offensive line coach dream of. This is a guy that I think could be the next star tackle for BYU if he lives up to his hype. So a huge weekend for BYU with all four of these guys coming in. You have to put your best foot forward. You're going to have to really set the bar high for these young men because they're going to go to other universities. They're going to throw all kinds of things at them. Uh, Of course, BYU will be doing their absolute best to make sure they sell BYU hard to these young men. Would I be surprised to see a commitment of one of these four guys coming out of this weekend? No, I wouldn't be, but... I would guess that all four of them are probably going to go on other official visits before they ultimately nail down where they're going to go. But you have to also realize this is June, folks. We have a long way till that early signing window in December. Six months, in fact, before they can officially put pen to paper or uh, e-sign something and email it off to the BYU football offices. There's a long way to go in the recruiting battles for all four of these players. The good news is, if you're a BYU football fan, is that the Cougars, with their new uh, Big 12 membership, with in addition to having back-to-back double-digit win seasons in the last two years, they're having an uptick right now in terms of their overall interest in the program. These are all four of these guys, if I'm not mistaken, all four of them are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So is there a bumper crop of guys in the faith that are considering BYU? Yes, there's no doubt about that. But the good news is, I think that if you were to have had BYU coming out of, let's say, the 2017 season and had all four of these guys looking at BYU, they'd probably be much less inclined to say, okay, I want to go visit BYU. The good news is, BYU is a member of the Big 12, They are absolutely on a high right now with regards to winning 21 games over the past two years. You cannot tell me that it's not a causation correlation type scenario right now for BYU in the recruiting sphere when all four of these guys said, you know what? I want to go check out BYU, see if it's the right fit for me. As I said, there's still a huge, uh, huge time, uh, not huge, a huge amount of time to go over the next six months or so until that early signing window. And if any of them decide to push it all the way to the actual national signing day in early February, now you're looking at what, eight months? You have to wait to see if you can land these guys, but... All you can do if you're BYU is absolutely sell what BYU can offer these young men. They can offer you the Big 12. They can offer you, of course, the standards of the church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the honor code, all that stuff, and just a unique environment in Provo that allows you to focus on playing football. BYU is a little bit out of the way. Let's be honest about this. It's a little bit of a backwater relative to some of these other places out there. You're not a huge city. You don't have a lot of the distractions that, let's say, in L.A. or uh, a guy going to, I don't know, 
Florida might have. The good news is if you come to BYU, you can really focus in on honing your craft as a football player while at the same time living the standards that many of these young men have lived their entire lives. There's a lot of good things BYU can sell, but you got to sell it hard and hope that it's enough. That That's the biggest thing. All you can do is put your best foot forward and simply hope that it is enough to land you all four would be just absolute dream scenario, but I feel like if BYU were to get two of these four guys to ultimately sign on the dotted line and become BYU Cougars, you're doing pretty well. So, big weekend ahead for BYU, and of course, there will be more weekends ahead. I know that uh, the early signing period is going to be coming in December, but with these official visits becoming options during the summer, I think this could be more of the norm with top-level prospects. They go on all these visits before they play their senior season, and they ultimately decide where they're going to go, and they kind of focus on the rest of things, their senior season, having a good year that way, without having to deal with all the different recruiting things that happen. Does that mean that people are going to stop bugging them? Absolutely not, but it's... It might be a little bit of a relief off these young men's shoulders to not have to have coaches just breathing down their necks literally and figuratively every single day if they have some of these visits out of the way. But a a very big weekend, all the same for BYU moving forward here. All right, coming up here in just a minute, let's talk about some good news for the BYU basketball program. Coming by the way of Gideon George officially filing the paperwork for him to withdraw from the NBA draft and rejoin the BYU men's basketball program for this upcoming season. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friend over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of all vehicles, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store or car dealership to store all the parts that your car might need. So, I want you guys to check out Rock Auto. It's the resource that's got all the different parts for you guys. They are going to help you guys save time and money when using their resource at rockauto.com. Why would you willingly choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% markup for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com and have it shipped directly to you guys? Rock Auto is a family business and serving you to do it your for over 20 years online. The best part is their prices are reliably low for every customer. There's no having to have a membership to a club or having a code to get the, the low price. It's available to you guys at all times. And the best part is they have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. I have used this resource. Rock Auto is a very, very important part of keeping my daily driver in working order. I want you guys to give it a shot as well. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for all of your auto parts needs. Once again, head to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Of course, give us some credit for sending you to check out their incredible resource. An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. For your next listen, please check out the Locked On Today sports podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, the take of the day. Of course, they go through all the different podcasts out there. Whoever's got the best take, they throw it on this podcast. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast, just like Locked On Cougars here. All right, let's talk about BYU basketball for a moment here. Some very good news coming this past weekend. Uh, in two different forms and fashions for Gideon George. What I love about Gideon George is he is doing what I think every decent basketball player should do every offseason. Enter the NBA draft, officially declare for the NBA draft, get workouts from these NBA teams, and then go out there, show what you can do to these coaches, these front office executives, meet with them, get the feedback on what they want to see you improve on, and then officially withdraw from the draft, go back to your program, hone your craft, work on that, and then go out there and show what you can do on the court the next season. That is what I think actually any player who has aspirations of going to the next level should be doing. There is no 
there's no risk in doing this, what Gideon George did. He officially worked out, I believe, I I heard he worked out for the Denver Nuggets in addition to the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz workout came on Sunday morning up there at the Zions Bank Basketball Facility in Salt Lake City. And those are two great franchises that will give you invaluable feedback. I have a little more insight into the Utah Jazz, having worked as a member of their staff for their flagship station, the Zone Sports Network, for the better part of a decade now. The one thing I know about the Utah Jazz, and I know that they've had some turnover in terms of their leadership. Danny Ainge is now kind of running things. But I, the Jazz historically have always been very good about bringing these guys in, these draft prospects, putting them through their paces. And the Jazz workouts, I've t- heard it from enough prospects who say they might be one of the toughest workouts in terms of the pre-draft workout that you might go through as a prospect. But at the same time, once you're done with that, Jazz Brass will sit down with each one of these players and say, okay, here's what you di- did well. Here's what we'd like to see you improve on and what you probably need to focus on as a prospect going into the next draft cycle if you decide to stay in this draft cycle or go into the next one uh, following the next season of College Hoops. Gideon George officially filed that paperwork according to reports on Sunday afternoon to officially withdraw from the uh, NBA draft. The deadline is tomorrow, June 1 was the deadline for underclassmen to officially withdraw their name from the draft. But Gideon's going to come back to BYU with a whole new uh, sheet of information of what he needs to work on. If I were him, I'd walk into the BYU basketball facilities the second I'm back in Provo, and he worked out for the Jazz in Salt Lake City on Sunday, so he might have already been on campus as soon as Sunday afternoon. I would take what I learned from those uh, scouts, the front office executives, the coaches that you worked out for. I would walk into the BYU basketball facility, go find Rob Ramos or find Coach Pope or whoever you want to talk to. Uh, it could be Coach Feger, could be new uh, assistant coach Cahill uh, Fennel whoever it might be you walk over to them I would shove that paper in their face and say coach this is what I need to work on let's get to work on it and go out there and do it that's the good news is is you have now the information the NBA teams they have some intel on you they're telling you what they'd like to see you improve on and if a guy like Gideon George can go out and increase his production if he can go to 15 points a game scoring this year show that he's a true 3 and D wing guy can be a consistent 3 point shooter who's to say that Gideon cannot be an NBA wing he has got the prototypical size, if we're being honest. Gideon George is six foot six with extender arms, it feels like. I think his uh, standing reach is somewhere in the nine foot range. I think his uh, wingspan sits almost seven feet. He has got everything you want in terms of a true. Uh, measurables uh, in terms of the measurables as a prospect Gideon George checks all the boxes the ultimate thing I think for Gideon just on based on my perspective is his production on the court at the collegiate level there will be an opportunity for him to have a bigger role for BYU this fall and this coming winter there's absolutely no doubt about that because when you have a guy like Alex Barcelo vacate you also have uh Rudy Williams coming in, who is a guy who's going to take up plenty of shots, but you also have a bunch of guys who are trying to kind of fill the void that Alex Barcelo left, as well as T. John Lucas in BYU's backcourt. Why can't Gideon George sit there and think, okay, I'm going to be the true 3 and D guy for BYU this year. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to play incredible defense on the wing. I'm going to come down the court. I'm going to shoot threes at a high clip, get more and more looks, potentially as the season goes along, and show what I can do. If Gideon George can accomplish what he is capable of, there's no reason to think that he is not a guy who can go out there and potentially end up playing in the NBA. He's going to obviously probably take the long road, probably be a two-way player at the very best, it feels like. Uh, if he gets drafted, that means he had an absolutely stellar campaign 
campaign as a senior for BYU. And I, is anybody going to complain about that as a BYU fan? I don't think so. So the good news is he had an average of 8.8 points and five rebounds this past season. I think if he could go out there, increase that number to 12 to 15 points a game, shoot 40 plus percent from three, and then also add, let's say, eight rebounds a game. That's a great, great season for Gideon George. And BYU very much would be the beneficiary of that increased production. Will he have competition for shots, uh, the overall uh, play on the court with BYU? Absolutely. It feels like Rudy Williams coming in from Coastal Carolina is going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And he shot the three at an extremely high clip this past year for Coastal Carolina. Was it 45 or 46%? He's an absolute sharpshooter from beyond the arc. But if Gideon George can be that true three-man for BYU where he plays on the wing essentially locks up the opposing team's best player and then on offense he goes out there and chips in 12 to 15 points that's a stellar stellar senior campaign for him so I think good things came out of this for Gideon George. He got probably invaluable feedback that he would not have gotten otherwise. He's able to come back now, hone his craft, obviously with the BYU uh, basketball facilities being what they are there at the Marriott Center Annex. He can go with, go in there every morning, every evening. Essentially, anytime he's got time, he can go in there and work out, show what he can do, and continue to hone his craft. And as he continues to improve, folks... I'm not counting anything out for Gideon George. I think the bare minimum, Gideon George is going to be a high-level player in Europe. He's going to make plenty of money, and obviously he's doing a lot of stuff charitable-wise. The shoe drives he's done during his time at BYU, I hope he brings that back around this year. I thought it was absolutely incredible. This is a kid who has really risen from the ashes. This is a kid, if you recall, he had uh, tryouts, I believe, at one point uh, coming uh, in Africa where he actually traveled to the city where he was going to go work out at, slept at the court. That's what he did he slept at the court to be able to make sure he was ready for these workouts he didn't have anywhere else to stay this is an incredible story and i think gideon i'm hoping he goes out and has that senior season the way that uh, he probably envisions it for himself and obviously uh gideon is a guy who i just think the world of i have always enjoyed my conversations with him and the hope is like i said if he increases that production i'd say 12 to 15 points he shoots the ball at a high clip 40 to 45 percent especially from the three-point line it could be some good things coming for Gideon George down the pipe. And that would be very good news because BYU is going to benefit from him improving his game because obviously it just wasn't good enough this past year. And by the way, it was really cool to catch up with Cahill Fennell. Had a great conversation with him along with the rest of the media this past week. Uh, some other media members got one-on-one access. I'm hoping at some point we'll be able to catch up with Cahill one-on-one here on Locked on Cougars. So stay tuned for that. But a really good conversation with him. And uh, he made it very clear that his goal is to help guys develop. He very he is he very much kind of came off as a guy who is very intent on helping players develop their skills. Obviously, he wants to win at a high clip. He said that's one of his key uh, things, maybe the key thing for him as a basketball coach, but he's all business. It sounds like a dude, uh, speaking of Cahill Fennel, who wants nothing more than just to be on the court working with guys. Well, I'm Gideon George. I'd be saying, hey, Coach, coach Fennel. Let's get out there and work. Let's see what we can do. And obviously there are there are limits on the times coaches can be with players, but as much as you can be on the court with a coach who knows what you're going after and what you're trying to work on, nothing wrong with that if you're Gideon George. And here's hoping that he goes out there and shows what he can do this coming season. All right, finally, on today's show, we'll catch up on everything else that happened over the weekend, the holiday weekend. BYU men's golf was playing in the NCAA championships. How did that go for them? How did men's and women's track and field perform at the NCAA West Regionals? 
We'll get to all of that here in mere moments. First, though, a word on our partners over at Bet Online. They continue to be your number one source for all their sports betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs with the NBA ongoing. The NBA Finals start as it tonight. Yeah, tonight. Uh, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures odds. All available now at BetOnline.net. It is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action and trends available to you now. It's all courtesy of your friends at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. All right, before we go on today's show, let's catch up on the weekend that was in BYU sports. Uh, BYU men's golf was playing in the NCAA Division I Men's Golf Championship at Greyhawk Golf Club in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I have to say, uh, BYU on Thursday played their third round, which is supposed to come on Sunday. Obviously, BYU did a Sunday, Sunday play. They were not going to be playing on Sunday. They shot a, a plus 10 as a team on Thursday. It would count for their Sunday round, and that kind of put them behind the eight ball because I thought BYU had a chance here. And obviously, as one of the top 30 teams in the country, you had to make the top 15 to advance to the next round of the NCAA championships. But BYU just seemingly could not get themselves untracked. All of their players shooting over over par for the tournament. Uh, let's see, BYU finished with Cole Ponich at 10 over, David Timmons, 10 over. Carson Lindell, their star player all season long, 13 over. Tyson Shelley, 15 over. And Max Brenchley, 24 over. So just not a great week. Greyhawk is a very tough golf course. I'm going to be very clear about this. But BYU finishes in 21st place, does not advance to the second round of the NCAA championships as they whittled it down to 15 players. But I think overall, pretty successful season if you're BYU men's golf. You're obviously going to have to retool uh, for BYU moving forward here. I think oh yeah, it was Oklahoma who finished first they were just one under as a team that shows you how tough Greyhawk was BYU finished tied for 21st so it was not a great showing for BYU but I think where they were ranked going in to the WCC tournament was at number 46 they were actually very much on the outside looking in with regards to the NCAA championships they put it together for the NCAA championships as well as the regionals and I thought absolutely played maybe their best golf of the season going into those NCAA championships but Greyhawk proved to be too much for BYU and obviously their season ends now in the NCAA championships but you cannot fault uh, the, the Cougars you make the NCAA championships you're one of the top 30 teams in the entire country there's nothing to sniff at that's a fantastic fantastic showing for BYU men's golf like I said especially considering where they were what just a month ago uh, kind of on the outside looking in with regards to the bubble format that many of these teams were kind of riding going into the NCAA and postseason uh, tournaments alright final thing before we go on today's show actually two things we need to touch on on today's show is track and field the number 14 men, uh, men's excuse me the number 14 BYU women's track and field team had nine athletes uh, punch their ticket to the NCAA championships. They'll be taking place here uh, in a, just about 10 days up there in Oregon at Hayward Field. On the men's side of things, the number nine ranked Cougars had 12 members of their team make the NCAA championship. So 21 athletes from BYU making the NCAA championship meet up there in Oregon. That actually uh, made up three quarters of the representation from the state of Utah. Just 28 athletes from the uh, from the universities in the state of Utah are going to the NCAA championships. And when you own 21 of those spots, as the BYU men's and women's track and field programs do, that's a fantastic showing for BYU men's 
Bonanza Women's Track and Field. So congratulations to the ninth ranked men's team and the 14th ranked women's team on qualifying all those athletes. One particular athlete I wanted to highlight here is Sable uh, Lohmeyer Elbakri. That last name should sound familiar. She is married to Bracken Elbakri, the former BYU defensive lineman. She led off the day for BYU in the discus throw. In the second of three flights, she quickly rose into first place on an opening throw of 178 feet 10 inches. On her third throw, though, is the more important thing. She launched a school record-breaking throw of 56.31 meters, which is 184 feet and 2 inches. It broke the single, uh, the, the, the program record for BYU. It was good enough for number 7 in the event, clinching her that trip to nationals. So congratulations to Sable Lohmeyer Elbakri. Fantastic showing. Uh, Bracken was absolutely losing his mind on social media, as he should. His wife absolutely had a stellar day out there on the track and in the field portion for BYU Women's Track. Now, final thing before we go on today's show is another member of our Top 50 Countdown here, and we're going to the 1990s and to a guy that many of you might recall if you remember watching him. Those of you who did not watch him may not remember him, but Evan Pilgrim. His nickname was the Pancake Maker, and it's not because he made phenomenal flapjacks. Let me be very clear about that. He may may well have made incredible flapjacks, but at six foot four, three hundred pounds, this dude absolutely was an absolute mauler at guard for BYU in the 1990s. Played for the Cougars uh, from 1991 to 1994, if I recall correctly. Yeah, 1991 to 1994. He held the bench press record for BYU at 510 pounds. He's a BYU entrant in the BYU Hall of Fame in 2005. Ended up becoming an all-WAC performer for multiple seasons for BYU. Was an All-American on the Kodak all-American team during his senior year as well as being a team captain. I have some insight into Evan Pilgrim because I played it for one of his teammates. Many of you remember the name Eli Herring. Eli played during this period as well. He said that Evan Pilgrim may have been the single toughest offensive lineman he ever saw in his entire life. It was absolutely incredible. Any of you who watched Evan Pilgrim play play for BYU know what I'm talking about. He was just an absolute mauler. That's the best uh, term I can come up with. He was not afraid to mix it up. A guy who absolutely got after it, spent six years in the NFL with the Chicago Bears, Tennessee Oilers before they became the Tennessee Titans and the Atlanta Falcons. If I'm not mistaken, he actually played for the Falcons when they played for the Super Bowl. Yeah, 1999, he did play for that for that Falcons squad. Uh, and then also, one other thing I need to mention about uh, Evan Pilgrim, just kind of a fun note, he actually was suited up uh, to play uh, as one of the prison guards, a defensive lineman in the 2005 field film, The Longest Yard, starring Adam Sandler. Many of you who might recall that movie. So he was one of the prison guard defensive linemen uh, de- defensive linemen that was in that movie in 2005. So one of those really cool things uh, that kind of stands out in... Uh, uh, BYU history, but Evan Pilgrim, another member of our top 50 player countdown. We're somewhere in the mid thirties now. I don't know exactly where we're at in the countdown, but having fun all the same, continuing this countdown on tomorrow's show. We'll have another member of our top 50 countdown from the independent era, who is one of the greatest players uh, from that era. We'll get to that. We'll also continue on looking at BYU football for the upcoming season. And Oh, by the way, a note on this as we go into June and we hit what we call our off season here on the locked on podcast network. So what that means is we are only required as a network to do three shows a week. I am going to endeavor to continue doing daily content. There may be shorter shows, maybe in the 10 to 15, maybe the 20 minute range at the very most, but we will still can come to you guys daily. I feel like going daily for you guys keeps up the, 
I guess the overall uh, message and making sure that you guys are able to stay up, up to speed on all the BYU stuff that happens day by day. And the good news is there has been seemingly very few days where we haven't had a lot of BYU news out there. So we will endeavor to continue going day by day here on the podcast, but just be aware if I miss a day or two here in the next month or so, it's because I had other things pop up and also I'm not technically required to do that much. So we'll have some fun along the way, but just stay with us. We'll continue to do this 50 player countdown and continue to keep you guys apprised of everything going on with BYU sports. All right. That is going to do it for today's edition of the show. A huge thank you once again for making us your first listen. Go make our friends over the locked on big 12 podcast. Your second listen of the day. We'll make sure you guys are up to speed on everything with BYU's new conference home. Uh, Josh neighbors does an incredible job. 30 minutes or less, get it free and available wherever you get your podcast podcast or on YouTube, just like us here on Locked On Cougars. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for May 31st, 2022. Talk to you guys in June.